The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome to another edition of The Real Money Show. My name is Jeremy Wiseman. I'm joined by Jerry Karaya, the number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. Today, we're going to be talking about panic in the silver market. The good news about a good old-fashioned paper slam in the silver market, as well as gold. We'll also talk about inflation, the 10-year treasury, why that's important with regard to inflation, and then bring it all together as to why this is all going to make the price of metals skyrocket. Again, the number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. Jerry, how was your week, by the way, very quickly before we jump in? It's Friday already. I can't believe it's already Friday. Um, it's been a hectic week, crazy week, very busy. Um, we haven't been busier. How about yours? It's it's been it's been crazy. I mean, we're still trying to get. Uh, we're we're pretty good on our side, the retail side of getting physical product. We've got physical product. Um, the registered accounts we are waiting on gold, which is strange. That's the product that we can't get. Uh, silver. It's it's been tight, but we've been able to to really get through a lot of our orders. So that's been been really really good. So, um, you know, if the expectation out there is oh there's no product available, no there's there's product available. Premiums are high a little bit still. I think that we'll end up seeing as more product comes into the market and prices start to rise, those premiums will start to fall. And also those premiums have been, one thing I've noticed in just some of the research this week, I noticed that the premiums have actually been here since COVID. Mm -hmm. And that's partly due to to the fact that the refiners were shut down or they were slowing their capacity or lower in their capacity. Uh, transportation around the world was cut. Uh, pricing for shipping around the world has gone up. And now we're going to be dealing with higher energy costs with, with oil and gas prices going up. So mm-hmm. all of these things do do reflect onto a physical asset. That's right. Now, as you know, Jerry, you saw that uh, the price got slammed this week. Yeah. What was your initial reaction? Reaction was expected. Um, the Federal Reserve, obviously, every all eyes are on this ten-year Treasury yield spiking to uh, over one and a half percent, which is very inflationary. Uh, signs of that, but it uh, the markets don't like it, and we're seeing not just precious metals; we're seeing other markets, other asset classes uh, taking a hit. So I was anticipating it. I'll talk more about why it's temporary. Um, and we love these we love these dips. Yeah, you know, yeah, you've got oil prices rising, you've got food prices rising, and somehow that has no bearing on the inflationary side of the market. So we're going to get into that a little bit later. But let's talk about this dip. Because what happens in these type of situations is you have a paper slam in the market. You still can't get a ton of physical product if you want, and the premiums are still quite high, and that tells you everything you need to know about the supply side. But it does demoralize certain people from getting into the market. They see a low price, they go, well, actually, what I find personally is is people wonder how can that be if there can't be any product. I literally had a client this morning call and say, I was looking at different websites. There seems to still not be much product out there, and yet the price, the paper price is low and the premiums are high. So help me understand, you know, Mm -hmm. Jeremy, can you explain it a little bit? Um, All I can say is that it is paper-based. It's not reality-based. 
But what I love about seeing this type of panic in the market, and that's what it is, it's mm -hmm. panic. When you're pushing the market down, you're trying to get people to cough up physical in the paper market saying, I don't want this contract, close it out, right? I don't want to take delivery of this. So on the one hand, you're trying to demoralize people. On the other hand, there's a lot of savvy people out there who want to buy it. So you end up with a very, with a tightrope walk mm -hmm. with your, with your panic. Yeah. And obviously when the going gets tough, the tough gets going and they just try, try to push the price down. Yeah. Right. But I thought it would be interesting for the show to bring out what happened a year ago because we've seen this before this isn't the first time and last year wasn't the the first time either we see this happen um, with relative frequency in the gold and silver market but I thought it would be interesting to just reflect for a moment on what we saw last year happen in the market when we saw the paper price slam sounds okay. good all right, so on the gold price on March 9th of 2020, remember this was just before the just pandemic before. hit, we were trading at 16.75 US. And on March 19th, the price got slammed all the way down to 14.78. So we go from 16.75 to below 1500. That's almost just about a $200 price move down. And let yes, less than a month later, on April 14th, the price was then trading at 1736, basically $50 higher than it was the month before the slam down. <laughs> Interesting. Keep that in mind. And then by August, just a few short months later, the price of gold was trading at almost $2,100 an ounce. It, it settled at 2070 on August 6th. So you're looking at an average price of 1675 a low, a paper push down to f below $1,500, and within a few months, we are trading five, almost $600 higher mm -hmm. on gold. Almost $600 higher. How can you not be excited when you see a paper smash in the market? All right, let's keep In a matter of two months. In two, a matter of three, three months. Uh, spring to summer. Yeah. Huge. It's a quarter. Mm -hmm. So let's look at the silver market. Silver, February 24th. Price of silver is trading at a high at that point of 1887. I'm not going average. I'm saying the high point was 1887. They slammed it down. We know it went into the $11 range, but it closed at $12 on March 19th. So you're you're talking almost a $7 drop down in the market. That's massive. Mm -hmm. People were freaked out. The panic in the market was was incredible. People were losing their minds. They didn't understand what was happening. They didn't understand. We we understood, but it's it's sometimes hard to just get it across to people that, mm -hmm. hey, this is an aberration. This is a good thing. You should be lucky. Also, however, at the time, and I tell this story all the time, the price of silver was under $12, and I couldn't buy it for less than 19 in the RSP. Exactly. Don't right? you remember when the, with similar to oil? Oil went beyond zero. <laughs> and we know oil has utility. We all need oil. Yeah. Things didn't move for a while, similar to silver. Silver may not be coming across the border, or we're not getting our silver in our hands. But we went negative oil. Crazy. It's worth it's worth a lot of money. Yeah. It takes a lot of energy to get out of the ground. Yeah. Where is it today? Oil is a is a very good performer today. So, anyways, back to the yeah. So okay, so you have end of February. You're trading just below nineteen. By, by less than a month later, it's down almost $7 to $12 an ounce. And yet, by June 1st, we were back up to 1830 Well, that's good. 
right? You can say, oh, yeah, it really was an aberration. Yet by August 6th, we were trading at 29.37. So how can you not be excited, which obviously that's like a $10 rise in silver from the baseline. How can you not be excited when you see paper slams? You go, this is, this is it. They're getting ready for the market to go way, way higher. And this is nothing. We're seeing amazing gains. Okay, these are very good gains in precious metals, but this is nothing. This is nothing compared when we look at where prices can go. We're looking at other asset classes that are already at extremes, bubbling over. Um, the valuations in the stock markets, those are way overvalued. When we're talking about a market here that is undervalued, that have the potential to go into the 100s for silver if we head into the 15 to, to 1 ratios. Gold, we have very conservative banks usually not really liking the gold market very much, talking about thousands of dollars for gold, uh, 5,000, potentially 10,000 and plus gold prices. What does the world look like then? We don't know. We can all speculate, but we do know that precious metals is the only one left back and in this bubble mania we're anti-bubble and we have tremendous potential ahead of us the number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website guildhallwealth.com jerry you just said um we don't know what the world would look like at ten thousand dollar gold no, no. and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago with with um with tracy clark this idea that why, why does the why does the world have to look bad at that price it doesn't. The, the market could be amazing yeah. because at the end of the day, you need a revaluation, uh, a revaluing of the gold market so that you can do proper trade. That's right. Gold is money. There's a reason why the central banks own it because it is money. Mm -hmm. And this paper scam is all just that. Yeah. It's just one big scam. And you know it by the amount of money that's being printed. You know it by you can see what's happening with the COVID relief bill, the new one. They're putting out what, 1.9 trillion, one, whatever, whatever the point after the trillion is. But only 10% is actually going to the people. And now they're saying, oh, by the way, you're not even getting, half the people aren't even going to get the check. And by the way, it's not even 2000 It's now only fifteen or 1400 So Pure you politics. can see that they can just print yeah. money wherever they want, and they're going to put it wherever they want, yeah. right? So it's not about the people at all. You have, we really have to start opening our eyes to what the central bank game is, right? And we can talk about that as a whole segment on its own. Well, our, our, the people that come to us, their eyes are open. Uh, I mean, I would say 20% of the people that are calling in today uh, – need to know why the the fluctuations in the markets um, but 80 percent i would say know what's happening that these algorithms are trading our gold prices lower silver prices lower just because a yield uh, the yield is spiking so it's telling the computers okay it's time to dump gold our investors are seeing right through this charade and they're Acquiring the physical because that's what the big banks and the big guys want to dissuade people from going after. Don't go after the physical because our charade's up. The number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. At Guildhall, we only deal in physical metal. Physical. If you're going to put it into an RSP, it's physically allocated and segregated, and you maintain direct ownership of that product. Same thing. You can buy direct from us. You can go to guildhallpreciousmetals.com. We're going to be talking about inflation, this yield that Jerry was just talking about. We're going to be talking more about that and just what it means when the price goes sky high, where the price can go, and how we're going to get there. Again, the number one eight seven. 
silver the website guildhallwealth.com you're listening to the real money show on global news radio 640 toronto welcome back to the real money show the number 18778 silver and the website guildhallwealth.com now jerry you want to go in you want to talk a little bit about the yield curve and what's happening in that market which is partially why we're seeing the paper slam in gold before we do that i just want to plant a seed if it's okay mm-hmm. about real about negative real rates because I think that's going to play into this uh, throughout our conversation. And what does that mean? It means that, let's take a GIC, for example. If a GIC is giving you a 2% return, and the government is saying that the current inflation rate is 2%, right? I'm just rounding numbers. Then that is, that is a, a zero yield. Now, if you were getting 1% on your GIC, and the government is saying that the interest rate or the inflation rate is 2%, then you actually have a negative 1% yield. So right now, in most people's savings account, where they're receiving less than 1%, and the, and the common knowledge of inflation is at 2% or slightly more, that's a negative real-world return on your money. Because you know inflation's at 2 and you're getting less than 1. That's negative real rate return. Now, if the actual real inflation rate is higher than 2%, if it's more like 5 or 6, and you're only getting 1, you have a negative 5%, negative 6% yield. That's right. Well, this is a very important uh, you know, re- reality that people have to be uh, cognizant of, and more so this, what's happening sh- very short term, is this uh, yield curve, or this, um, this yield that's happening, uh, that's spiking in the market today. That's causing instability, a lot of worry in the markets. We're seeing a lot of things getting sold off as a result of this, uh, of the uh, 10-year U.S. Treasury yield spiking above one and a half, uh, touch 1.3 after Fed, the Fed chief spoke yesterday. Um, and this is bringing a lot of worry on Wall Street. Not so much in our market in precious metals, we can, and we will digress why. So, Rao Paul tweeted yesterday, about the difference between quantitative easing and a potential yield curve control. This yield curve control is something that other banks, the Bank of Japan, have implemented to quell, to stop that yield from rising to unsustainable levels. How do they do this? Well, Rao Paul, um, he provides us with the difference between the two. He goes... I hope you all realize that quantitative easing is a fixed dollar amount at any price that they're going to be buying at. So every month they're purchasing 120 billion of treasury every month. But the yield curve control is a potentially unlimited amount of dollars at a fixed price. And this is in essence what and Bankrate, which is a financial publisher and comparison of services um, as seen on the Wall Street Journal and such, they've expanded on this. They explained that quantitative easing is buying a specific amount of bonds every month or on a regular basis. The yield curve control is more of a blank check. And this is what Greg McBride, a CFA, at the, who is the chief financial analyst at Bankrate. It's all about buying whatever quantity is necessary to keep the yields below a certain level. And many were expecting Powell, who spoke yesterday, to actually introduce the twist. And we saw the Fed do a twist back in 2012 between quantitative easing one and two. They introduced this. The twist is basically a yield curve control, but it buys longer term bonds while selling shorter term. Basically, this is 
an action. Uh, as Bankrate explains, the yield curve control is seen as a last resort for many and raises a specter of unintended consequences. He goes, once you cross a line that hasn't ever been crossed before, it becomes more challenging to find the ways back. If a market has any different idea of where this will go, it'll unravel and the things will fall apart. The New York Fed uh, President John Williams said that the Fed officials are thinking very hard about this. And then Bankrate, their survey actually expect that they will eventually, about 80% expect them, the US Federal Reserve to implement yield curve control. So basically, the the yields that we're seeing that are spiking and causing our precious metals markets to dip is very temporary. Once they implement the yield curve control, off to the races for precious metals. So my understanding is that you have two 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 aspects in the market. You've got quantitative easing, just printing money, giving it to banks. It's fixed, yeah. Um, just injecting liquidity and buying toxic assets. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, you have the you have the the bond market, where if you don't have country if countries don't have the money to invest in your debt and you don't have public interest in buying debt because people aren't liquid or they have no interest in it then the rate on that goes up the yield goes up and the way you and we're talking short term here and what what the fed does is they create synthetic supply by buying it themselves it's literally the equivalent of you writing a check and cashing it. <laughs> and somehow that keeps the rate down because it gives the impression, in this case to the bank, that you're making a lot of money. That there's, that there's a lot of demand for right. these things and it pushes it down. So we come back to my, my Hodor um, analogy, which is the Fed is trying to hold back a, a, a wave, wave of zombies of their own creation so they create the inflation with the with with the quantitative easing and then since no one's interested in the debt and it's just rising completely the only way they can create low interest rates is to manipulate them by buying the bonds themselves and maybe okay however you know whatever whatever goes into the sausage fine maybe they're giving the money to the banks and the banks are buying it and therefore it's you know they're keeping the yield down it doesn't matter the point is is you're creating money on mass it doesn't exist in a vacuum where is it going it's not going to you you're the last person you, the listener, right now, you're the last person whose pocket this money is going to go into. Mm-hmm. Um, instead, you're going to be stuck with inflation, like oil going up, like the price of your groceries going up, uh, like the cost to, to do your banking, the cost for insurance, um, the cost when you when restaurants open and they're going to start charging more. And, you know, they're, they're saying that they're expecting like some sort of, you know, uh, the t- a roaring 20s after the after the pandemic when things start opening now that there's millions of people out of work right hundreds of thousands of people out of work in canada as a result of it no you don't just snap your fingers and everything opens up again you could have done that if it, you shut down for a month mm-hmm. you shut down for a year mm-hmm. it's not that easy anymore you have to have capital formation Right, and you have to have new bu- new businesses coming in, yeah. which means you're buying equipment at at twenty thirty cents on the dollar, and and someone's gotten that that money together. It just doesn't happen with a snap of the finger. So you know inflation's coming hard, mm-hmm. and you know that the only way to to battle that is with something that is finite, 
which is an asset like gold and silver now we might have this aberration of a downdraft because of because of the yield curve rising at the moment very temporary and this is a very this this is just a very small illustration of how the federal reserve is literally just pulling out all stops they're they're they've just transformed qe they don't want to call it qe they want to call it yield curve control slap some sort of a fancy name on it like uh, the new stimulus bill and initiative uh but they are trying to stave off uh, the next crisis this is what they're trying to do hold on a second they're trying to stave off the next crisis i thought <laughs> aren't they currently in a crisis weren't they still trying to fix the crisis from 2008 mm -hmm. this is exactly it I mean, are they literally calling it they're trying to stave off a new crisis uh, i don't think they're really saying that that this is actually coming from the analyst at bank rate he's basically saying that they're pulling out all the stops that they're spreading its wings over the financial markets um trying to keep it propped up and uh, the illusion going um but they're losing the narrative. Their people are seeing right through it, unfortunately. Well, fortunately for us, we are seeing right through it and waking up and, and acquiring something like precious metals to act as that wealth insurance against these, these experiments. Yeah, I think ultimately we know that gold and silver are the are a terrific hedge against inflation. We know that that's coming. Everyone can see clearly how much money the government is creating out of thin air and you can't just sit there and say that that doesn't have any consequences yeah you really can't do that now what I, one thing i'm noticing um getting back to the the panic in the silver market is you're, you've seen a few interviews come out recently one was uh david curry i think he's the head of metals at uh at goldman sachs we've quoted him before when he's been bullish from time to time uh they wheeled him out onto an interview i think on cnbc or something talking about the fact that the etfs changed their prospectus to basically say well we can't get the physical delivery of the product in right away so we're going to change the prospectus to say that we don't have to have it in order to continue to 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 have this vehicle up and running what did you make of that i mean cut all the all the verbiage you have to dig through the prospectus number one the prospectus of an etf especially like slv or sivr reads like dog food you cannot you can't decipher what they're talking about. Is it real gold? Is it real silver? Is it paper? It's non-LBMA. Is it Dory? Is it dust? Further, now they're changing the verbiage. Now they're saying that they don't have enough silver to back up the shares that they've issued. What's the, what's the ratio? Thousands to every one ounce? And now that people are waking up and, hey, I have a million dollars worth of this ETF. I can demand physical delivery. Do they have it? No, the, the, they don't have enough physical silver. So this is the, again, going back to it, the silver is that Achilles heel to the entire system because if there is a default, this ripple effect that will ripple through the entire financial system can happen. And we've seen it throughout the 08, 09 when the mortgage-backed securities rippled. It was a credit crisis, a liquidity crisis. So with physical, you don't have any of that. You have a decoupling of your money away from the crazy financial system, the illiquidity of the financial system. Gold and silver, the most liquid asset classes in the world. It's the deepest markets, like foreign exchange, trading around the clock at transparent prices from New York to Sydney. This is the most trusted market. And if you have these potentials, you want to create some sort of a 
an independence, and that's what precious metals offers. Yeah, and I think the issue with the ETF is that you can't have it both ways. You can either say, well, we can't get the product right now, so we're cutting off eligibility. You can't buy into the ETF right now until we get more product in, right? So, but to say that, okay, well, we're just going to let people continue to buy in without actually having the product. And if the product can be released out of there, no problem, lend it to Goldman Sachs or lend it somewhere else, lend it to JP Morgan, then what good is it there? Right. And, and this is the big, this is the big warning to investors themselves is what's the point of, of owning an asset for insurance purposes if when the time comes that the house is on fire, you can't get access to your insurance where they say, sorry, we can't convert. Sorry, you're not a big enough client. All you've ended up doing is, is diverting your, your funds that should be going into the physical market and you've diverted it away into paper. Now they also wield, they also uh, brought out Jeff Christian on Kitco and he's the managing partner of, uh, of CPM which is a commodities research, consulting, financial, advisory, etc. He was in the original, um, uh, he testified originally when they were looking into the silver market with Bart Chilton, um, which would have been like over a decade ago with, and Andrew McGuire was mm -hmm. the, the whistleblower, etc. And he was the one who came out and said, yeah, the COMEX is leveraged like 100 to 1. <laughs> and he's also, he also came out and flat out on Kitco said, ah, we don't default, we could always, we could always just give out cash whatever it was and it, it, you're just sitting there listening to this saying you're crazy you 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 can believe your own lies but that's not how it works right if you can't deliver the product you defaulted mm -hmm. and if you're going to give me cash instead of the physical product you've just defaulted so don't tell me that it doesn't work that way and there's no such thing as a default and okay yeah i guess you're right in the sense that you'll never call it a default right mm -hmm. greek greece never defaulted they were not allowed to call it a default okay fine but a default by any other name Mm -hmm. Okay, does not smell as sweet. It is still a terrible thing, and that's what's going to happen if you if you keep continuing in the gold in the paper gold market. Let's keep on this in, on this topic because this leads to why it's important to own physical and how that's going to drive the market much much higher. The number one eight seven seven eight silver. The website guildhallwealth.com. You can own physical precious metals in your RSP, TFSA, lira, lif, rif, etc. Just give us a call at Guildhall. We'll help you own that direct in your registered account or buy the product direct go to guildhallpreciousmetals.com and pick up some physical precious metals and get into this market for the first time or continue to stack as we say the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com you're listening to the real money show on global news radio 640 toronto welcome back to the real money show the number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website guildhallwealth.com we've been talking about the fact that the fed is trying to manipulate the yield curve it's jumping up right now which is um Probably another aberration of the U.S. dollar. We'll get into that in, in a moment. We've been talking about the paper slam in gold and silver and how exciting that is because it usually is a sign of panic in the market, whether or not it's triggered by oh uh, the job rate or what you know whatever they always put out on the on on the TV or the news streams of why the market's moving as though it's as though it's so black and white and it just isn't you know we don't people don't look at the at the employment numbers and say oh i gotta go call Guildhall and sell all my gold it doesn't work that way um so we're seeing that happen a little bit but ultimately you know we've been talking about this paper slam it's a panic we love it 
We love panics in the market because we saw this last year. The price of gold dropped from 16.75 to below $15. It was almost uh, a $200 drop, and within a couple months, we were up $500 to almost $2,100 an ounce. Silver last year this time was trading close to $19 an ounce. They slammed it down to 12, and within a couple months, we were trading at $30 plus an ounce. Here we are. Oh, oh, Jerry, get ready for this. A paper slam. $25 silver. <laughs> you know, a, it's a hardly a paper slam at all, yet the the premiums are, are still extreme. The market is still a physical market where you've got to get that product uh, sourced, refined, fabricated, sent to the retail market, and the retail people buy it from the retailers. So uh, this physical world still has high premiums. That tell, tells you everything you need to know, that this is exactly a panic. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the things we were just saying before break was... Now they're wheeling out these professionals. You've got uh, David Curry from from J.P. Morgan. I hope I got his name right. You've got Jeff Jeff Christian from CPM Group. Um, you know there, and then you also had actually, which I think he's just misguided or just doesn't know. You had the head trader for Horaeus, and we I love that product, Agor Horaeus, mm -hmm. and he was saying, yeah, there's no manipulation in the market. What? And I'm thinking, I'm thinking, didn't. Didn't J.P. Morgan have to pay $100 million for manipulating the gold and silver market? Uh, that's just absolutely foolish. Uh, just look it up. Look it up. Uh, lots of fines in the past year, year and a half from not just J.P. Morgan, but other entities like them. Um, so the fact that they're paying uh, you know, is a signal that these guys are, are uh, up to a lot of skullduggery in the market. And what about Scotiabank? I mean, they? Sc Scotiabank were obviously so clean that they shut down Scotia Mikado because they couldn't sell it. And and for some reason, they don't even want anything to do with their own vault. I mean, come on. I mean, whether or not the OSC wants to tell the public what's happening, the fact is, is it can't be good if you're literally shutting down the business and saying, we're not even going to have our vault anymore. That's right. And that's, that's affected the market. That, that's definitely affected the market. All of those, whatever funds were in there holding physical that were just using Scotiabank services had to move somewhere else. Mm -hmm. um, we noticed after, after COVID that a lot of banks decided, man, we've got a lot of paper promises here. We need to, we need to start getting our inventories up because people are asking for the physical, right? whether it's for certificates, whether it's uh, gold-backed funds. I remember, I think it was ABN AMRO back last April, literally shut down a gold fund. They said, sorry, we're, and I'm convinced without doing any research that people were wanted delivery, that people wanted redemption and they didn't have anything. So they just said, well, what's the most convenient way to do this? Let's just shut it down. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, yeah, I mean, don't you think... These people are being wheeled out because it's panic, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely, and this this is a, this pokes at the the weakness of anything but allocated precious metals. The precious metals need to be allocated to you, the owner. If it's unallocated, like gold products that were offered by, for example, MF Global a few years ago, your investments went to zero. The gold was never yours, and if the gold is not yours, if you cannot hold it in your hands, you do not own it. And the product that we hold for you in your RSP and your TFSA is physically there for you, and it's owned by you. We provide you with title. 
with your name on the bar numbers and go visit them when the restrictions get lifted. So this is just one of the one of the facets that we have to cover when we are ensuring your wealth. We cannot uh, we cannot compromise on any aspect of ownership of precious metals and serial numbers are one of them the number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website guildhallwealth.com to learn more about physical precious metals now we we're talking about inflation jerry and the yield curve and we we're bringing out this idea of negative real world return right negative real return saying okay if inflation's at two percent and you're getting less than one percent at the bank that's a negative return a negative real return and now the rates are going up a little bit and so people are probably thinking different, but it's not like the rates are going that high, are they? No, they cannot. They, they can't. They can't go high at all. And, um, you know, the, the Fed who spoke yesterday, Fed Powell, mentioned that we're going to see a little bit of a pickup of inflation with the reopening of the economy. But, guys, it's going to be temporary, so don't worry about it. Uh, reopening of the economy is, is, is inflationary. I mean... Your policies are inflationary. The $1.9 trillion in stimulus, the Build Back Better policy, the infrastructure uh, policy. Goldman Sachs actually wrote, following up his speech yesterday, they basically said it's going to look like a close to $4 trillion. That's inflationary. And they have this imaginary target of 2%. Right. Uh, they they have, don't go grocery shopping. <laughs> and they've ma somehow maintained that 2% level for the past over a decade. Right. And they see uh, inflation jumping up. We see inflation really jumping up over that target. Well, you know what that is, though? That that actually comes from the gold market. Greenspan talked about that. That's right. The idea is they're mimicking the fact that you can only add to the gold supply by about 2% a year. It's less than that now. But if you were if if the Fed was following the discipline of gold, which you can only bring you can only bring to market so much every year, then that tap that caps inflation at basically 2%. So they're mimicking that and they're sticking with it, mm -hmm. right? They're sticking with it all the way. And I by the way, I love that you just called him Fed Powell because he's 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 literally just a voice box for the fed um you know these people for whatever degrees they have whatever knowledge they've gained in in education know nothing about what's actually happening look at what's happening with lumber copper 10-year treasury note yield spiking this is a, these are signs of an overheating a bubbled economy before several trillion dollars more of construction and housing and finance all of these initiatives uh, for the build back better and but he says temporary but history says this particular genie once out of the bottle you can you, it's going to stick around for a very long time the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com stick with us we're going to keep on this topic on the real money show global news radio 640 toronto Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. Yes, inflation is not a good thing, but inflation can be your friend if you're well prepared. And that's what gold and silver is going to do for you. The idea is to have some physical precious metals in your portfolio and the idea is to have a hedge. Most people are diversified only in one thing, the dollar. If you have a stock portfolio, everything in that is correlated positively to the dollar, whether it's the US dollar, or the Canadian dollar. You don't have anything that's negatively correlated to the dollar. So it's like having everything on red, red 12, red 8, you're playing roulette, and it really feels like roulette these days, but nothing on black, nothing at all. And that's what gold and silver does. It gives you that little bit of a, a hedge in the market. Thoughts, Jerry? 
Negative correlation is something I talk about a lot, and this is, um, the, the, you know, coming from a foreign exchange background, this is the way we view things um, as currencies, as money. Um, gold and silver typically move in the opposite direction of the U.S. dollar index, and we look at the index right now, it's flirting upwards touching maybe 2092 uh, but you know this looks to be overbought similar precious metals look to be oversold so this is a great buying opportunity um, but negative correlations is very important when you have the asset classes that have benefited over the years through money printing and stimulus um, you better have that hedge because when that bubble when that needle pricks that bubble you better have that hedge to do the opposite. So as those asset classes start to going back to the mean, your precious metals will perform. I was just going to ask you, and you answered your own question. I was going to say, what do you say to someone who just believes that this is going to keep going um, and that they don't, they don't, they're not concerned about the debts at all? Um, you know, the, the debt, the debt to GDP in the States, and I know it's probably the same in, in Canada. We're probably well over a hundred, a hundred percent debt to GDP. Yeah, um, this this can't end well. I mean, this the the debt issue that we've seen in the the other countries like Japan, they've kicked the can down the road for many many years, and some may, people may scoff at the idea that this can't happen here. Well, guess what? The U.S. Federal Reserve runs the U.S. dollar. The U.S. dollar is the world's reserve currency. So whatever happens in the U.S. is very important, not to just the Americans, but to everyone around the world. Everything is denominated in U.S. dollars. So to think that just because Japan has done it and they have continued to uh, manipulate um, and print and go negative, negative rates, um, amortize their mortgages over a 100-year span, this can't be done in the United States. So this is a lot different now. And, and I feel like part of it is that that central banks ultimately don't want you out of the system right that's what they hate about gold and silver ownership and cryptocurrencies they they want control they want you in the system if you decided i don't want to be in this system you know that's why you start to see uh you know the central banks wanting to come out with their own cryptocurrency so that they can control it so that they can see exactly where you're spending money and if they don't like what you're if you're buying a dr seuss book guess what you're canceled right you can't use your money can't travel these are the type of things that happen with a digital currency and that's why the crypto sphere is is trying so hard to keep it independent and we'll see what happens in terms of government regulation on that i think in the gold market what they try to do and what we've hoped we we've been able to illuminate today is they try to demoralize you by by pushing the prices down but it can't be stopped it hasn't been stopped you know gold was trading at like two hundred dollars an ounce in 2000 right silver was trading four dollars or something like that so look at look at 20 years later the market is so much more higher and it's obvious they've tried their best to to cap it they've tried their best to demoralize people from getting out of the system but that's what people are doing they come to us they say i don't want to have all this money in mm -hmm. the bank i'm not insured to have all this money in the bank so so no offense to the banks but you're not insuring me on all this money, so I need wealth insurance, so I'm going to buy gold and silver. But when you own physical gold and silver outside the banking system, there's no counterparty risk, mm -hmm. right? They can't take it away from you. And my last point on that is this idea that people are, are concerned about confiscation, which I really don't think they should be. And we've talked about it many times on the show, but, you know, 
if you asked a gun owner what would happen if they tried to confiscate the gun, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's a different story, <laughs> right? They'd say, well, try it. Try it. Try That's it. Right. Well, shouldn't it be the same with precious metals? Yeah. At what point do you stand up? At what point do you put, do you do you hold the, you know, the pickaxe and and and, uh, and get out there and protest and say no, I won't be I won't be tyrannized anymore, mm-hmm. right? This is this is this is asset ownership, and I I'm, I I refuse to deal with asset forfeiture. But guess what? Inflation is. It's exactly what it is. Yeah. It's asset forfeiture, Theft. and that's in itself the average investor, the average. Citizen has no idea, but they vi- they can visual they can see it before their eyes. They see the prices rising, and they also see what they're buying is a lot smaller year over year. I remember when we didn't have these mini cans of Coke, and you know the, the but they're only ninety of- calories. Jared, uh, I don't care. On. Give me the calories. I need them. <laughs> but I mean, you know, smaller bags of chips. There's probably like three chips in a bag. I don't know. This shrinkflation is a is a is a phenomenon in itself, but this is a, um, you know, the, a reason uh, why this is happening is, is because you're diluting the money supply. Right now, what would you prefer to get into, gold, and sil- gold or silver? With silver to gold ratio at 61, uh, 61 right now, this is definitely a screaming buy for silver. Silver is such a small market in every industry, including our pockets, including being money, that and this doesn't make any more sense. Um, a simple strategy to employ is buy the silver at this, at these levels, and when the ratio tightens to about 12 to 1, then you can convert into your gold in the future or roll it into some other hard asset like a diamond or a, some property or some asset, but it's all about ownership ownership for your future for your uh, future children for your children's children this is generational wealth through gold silver natural fancy color diamonds i'm excited i'm so excited i love the silver and gold panic in the market because i know that means very very good things to come we're not panicked we're not scared No, we're not panicked we're excited <laughs> when we see that what's happening right we now it's, we know it's all a bunch of bs and it's it's exciting so uh, if you feel like you want to get and be a part of this market feel free to touch base with us the number one eight seven seven eight silver in the website guildhallwealth.com another great week can't wait to speak with you again next week here on the real money show on global news radio 640 toronto the preceding was a paid commercial program unless otherwise identified the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser the opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of global news radio 640 toronto